Thank forward. you, Pastor Joseph. Thank you, church. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be on the victory side? Oh, man, hallelujah. We're on the victory side. Remember Deuteronomy 28? You put half of Israel on one side and half of Israel on the other side. And he went over the blessing and he went over the cursing. And the Lord said, these blessings will overtake you if you just hearken unto me. You just do what I say, right? These blessings will overcome. They will overcome. They will take you. They will overtake you. And he just went right down the list, right? It's harvest time. So what side of the harvest are you on? We're on the victory side. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm on the victory side, right? Hallelujah. And we've been going over the life of faith. And thank you, Pastor Justin, for going over it. I mean, it's important right now that we as a body of believers know who we are. And uh, we need to know our identity. We need to remember who we are in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So what I'd like to do tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Jesus, you said to a woman that was a prostitute, she was a town prostitute, trapped, caught, couldn't get out of darkness, Father, in the name of Jesus. And oh, man, Jesus, in one moment, you set her free. She went from the town prostitute to someone that followed Jesus and gave her testimony. People listened to it. Hallelujah. You said you don't have to walk in darkness anymore. You can have the light of life in the name of Jesus. Man, I read that and I got excited, Father. I don't have to live in the fallen state of Adam anymore. I don't have to be trapped by sin. I don't have to be trapped by darkness anymore. And Pastor Justin said it. He went on to go on. Once you become the disciple of Jesus, you learn the truth. And it's the truth that sets you free. Father, we know who we are in Christ Jesus. And it's our time, Father. This is our time to show it in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, we've been going over a life of faith. Amen. And uh, just a review, you know, uh, number one, faith begins what? Where the will of God is known. If you don't know the will of God in the situation, if you don't know you're blessed, if you don't know, you know, you can be prosperous, if you don't know that you can walk in health, if you don't know those things, if you don't know your identity, how are you ever going to be able to operate it? You'll just be wondering about God, you know, but once you understand that God is a loving God, Jeremiah 29, 11, man, I know the thoughts I have for you. Man, I meditated on that over and over again. And all of a sudden I began to realize there are things that people say about God, but when you understand what God thinks about you and he has a plan to prosper you and a plan of peace to surround you, now you come running to Jesus. That's what he says. Now when you understand that you come running to me oh yeah i'll be right there oh yeah you'll become all oh, your prayer life changes oh your whole attitude changes when you understand it it just changes oh glory to god and he says i'll answer you oh yeah i'll be found i'll answer you Ooh, i'll restore your captivity oh man you talk about a guy who was lost in sin when i heard that from the lord so faith begins where the will of god is known right what david do in psalms 103 bless the lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name what do you do he went over all the benefits. He's telling his mind. He's speaking to his body. He's telling him, hey, I know who I am. I know what my covenant is. And, and man, I tell you, when you go over that and you just meditate with the Lord on that, it just excites you. Um, so know your identity, okay? Know your identity. I'd like to share a dream with you that I had one time. Man, I'm struggling. I received Jesus, right? But I didn't make him my Lord. And that's really curious because a lot of people make Jesus their Savior, but they don't make him their Lord, right? And so things happen, right? He talked about that in Luke chapter 6, right? He's talking about the soil and someone who builds their foundation and the big storms come. So if you make Jesus your Lord, you'll begin to understand your identity. You'll begin to understand faith and who you are, right? So I have this dream. All these things are happening in my life, right? I'm getting sick, you know, having trouble with my finances. All these bad things are happening to me. And I'm sitting there at work. I'm working at one of those big radars from, you know, in Cape Cod. And I'm just sitting there one day. And I just got, I just got disgusted. And I said, this is it. I'm tired of this, right? So I have a dream that night, right? 
and I'm in my house, okay? And I'm overlooking this living room, okay? And all of a sudden, this bear starts. I hear this bang, and this bear starts running around inside my living room. And he's smashing everything up. Big old huge grizzly bear, right? I go down there, and I look at that thing, and I say, get out of here. And I open up the door, kick him out of there. Good riddance. Close that thing, right? So I go back and sit down, and I start talking on the telephone, and I hear that smash again. Now, this happened like three or four times. This bear just comes in and starts smashing everything up. So I put the phone down. I go down. I walk out. Bear, get out of here. And I kick him out, and I close the door. Well, finally, there was another figure that appeared with him. It was a person, and the bear wouldn't leave the next time. And I said, I belong to this person. Well, I said, well, then I stood up to him. I said, well, now you and this person get out. And they wouldn't move. So I had to grab him and push him out. And then slam the door. Now, what do you do when you get a dream like that and you wake up? You start praying in the Holy Ghost, like, Lord, what's going on? He was telling me I had all these doors open in my life. I didn't know who I was in Christ. I didn't know my identity. And so I was learning about faith. So the, so the Lord was telling me, Joseph, you got all these doors open, and the devil just comes and messes with you in your life and just smashes up things in your life. Take authority. Know who you are in Christ. Start using your faith. Right? That's why he gave it to us. Understand who you are in Christ Jesus. Oh, it changed my mind. So we got to know our identity. we got to know who we are. That's what Jesus did when he did on the cross. Oh, my. Isaiah 53, right, 4 and 5. He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Man, when you read that in Hebrews, it talks about all your infirmities, all your inabilities, all your weaknesses. He took all those on so that you can have the blessing. Oh, man, that just stirs your faith up. And when you start meditating on that and you start praising the Lord and you start repeating it back to him, your faith just builds up. And I mean, all, my wife and I were talking about this today. She says, when the Lord gets big in your eyes, right, when, he gets, when you know how big your daddy is, right, the devil looks really little. And you kick him right out. Oh, man, hallelujah. Then we learn that faith comes by hearing. Daily hearing of the word of God, right? Romans ten seventeen, Galatians 3, 2, and then verse 5. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? This book right here. I had a dream, another dream one time. See, when I pray to the Lord and I start asking him and I start meditating on these things, things start happening spiritually to you, you know? The Lord starts talking to you. And I uh, had a dream where I'm sitting here looking at this book. It's all full of symbols. I put my hand in it. And it unlocks, and all of a sudden, it becomes three-dimensional, four-dimensional. And I woke up, and I understood what the Lord was showing me. This word may be in two-dimensional form when you're reading it. But, man, when you get this thing down inside your spirit, and you go over it day after day, ooh, glory, it unlocks the power of God. Because that's what happened. I turned it like a lock, and it unlocked. And, I mean, I'm telling you, glory be to God. When you get revelation like that, you, you start hugging this thing. You start taking it everywhere you go. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? It's a daily thing. And that's why Pastor Justin was saying that in Deborah, you know, when they were praying about this. you got to be careful, you know, what you're listening to, right? Because Mark chapter 4, what you allow to get, the sower sows the word, what you allow to get down into your heart will begin to crowd in and begin to start filling your heart. And then it will start to produce a fruit. So you just got to be careful what you're allowing in there. So if it's not lining up with the word, you know, check it in the word of God, you know. And, and so <laughs> I always do my spiritual ear cleaning, my spiritual eye cleaning anytime I've been going out into the world, you know. But faith comes by hearing. Um, it's a choice, right? It's a choice. It, it really is. Faith is a choice. You can either choose this side or you can choose that side. And it takes some practice, doesn't it? It takes practice, but believe me, when you do what it says in Proverbs chapter 4, and you start attending to that word, and you start growing it and cultivating it, and you start speaking it, oh, it starts coming and you're hearing it. 
Oh, it comes alive. It's like an energy. It's like a motion. It just flows. So thank you, Jesus. Um, whose report will you believe? And that's why it's so important to get that word of God in your ears. Number three, the righteous, the people that are born of God, they live by faith. Oh, I got excited when I read that. And you can write these scriptures down. It's Habakkuk 2 and 4, Romans 1, 17, Galatians 3, right, verse 4, Hebrews 10, verse 38. It's a lifestyle. Faith is a lifestyle. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. I'm a man of God, right? You're men and women of God. Hallelujah. Think about that when you're going out there. You're a carrier of God's presence, right? The just live by faith. Hey, when you get, while I was in the military, you get promoted, right? Why do they promote you? They promote you because they know you're going to solve problems. They promote you because they know when a situation happens, you're going to be able to lead people and solve the problem. That's why you get promoted. That's why responsibility gives, you get more responsibility. When you get born again, the responsibility level ups. Now you're a child of the living king, right? You are a child of God covenant. Oh, my goodness. And so we know that the righteous, the just live by faith. Oh, when we got born again, what did he give us the measure of? Oh, man, he gave us the measure of his faith. Oh, man. When I realize that I have the faith of the Lord, when I realize I can develop this thing and grow in this, like a weightlifter lifts, you know, or a ball player when he practices, you know, when I realize that I can develop my faith and get the same results as Jesus, oh, man, don't, don't you get excited. you got faith. you got something they don't have out there. Yeah, they got faith, but it's in the world system. But you got something. you got something. Man, I'm telling you what, you don't have to be afraid when fear comes. Man, Proverbs chapter 3, ooh, I meditated on that. I don't have to fear when fear comes, right? I have an answer. I can go inside, right? Wisdom is down in there. I can just take a second and pray in the Holy Ghost, right? Oh, man, and the Lord will give me the answer. He gives me the answer. See, when you get into that, somewhere in that pressure, okay, somewhere in that praise, somewhere in there where you just take a step and you just start going over the Word of God, somewhere it breaks. It just breaks. And I love that when Deborah started praising Jesus, because that's what happens. It just starts breaking. That's what Paul and Silas did when they were in prison, right? Thrown in there. They, somewhere in that praise, it just breaks. Oh, now the peace enters in, and now you can rest. Oh, man, and when you get in that part of rest... Ooh, the word of God starts speaking to you. The Holy Ghost starts talking to you. And here comes the word from God. One word from God, right? Change your life, right? So you live your life by faith. It's a lifestyle. And here's another thing. We're not actors. You've got to remember this. We're not acting, okay? You are not an actor. I mean, we just don't speak Jesus. I just don't speak Jesus. I tell you what, I love it. When I go out there, especially when I go into prisons, I talk to this. You've heard me. I, I just start jumping up and down. They'd say, you're that crazy Jesus guy. And I just start jumping up and down. Yeah, I'm that crazy Jesus guy. And I just start praising his name. But the Holy Spirit starts moving when I start talking. And they start seeing it. And the Holy Spirit shows up. He'll show up. He said, I won't leave you, right? Deuteronomy 7, 9, when you know that the Lord is faithful, and you know that, and you know that you're in covenant with him, right? Oh, my he won't leave you or forsake you, you or your family, for generations. And when you know that, Psalms 145, right? You start reading those chapters, 18 and 19. You know the Lord is with you. You know he's there. And your knees might start shaking a little bit, or you might start feeling that pressure. But, man, you can, you can step into the light. Hallelujah. So just remember that. Just Always remember that. You're a leader. You were put in an assignment. And that's why I got excited when Pastor Justin always goes over what Ecclesia is. Man, we got authority. I mean, we can change things. I mean, the world out there is confused right now. They're hurt. There's hurting going on. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Man, this is our time. 
This is our time as a body of Christ. Acts, man, yes, chapter 4. What did they do, man? They started asking the Lord for boldness to preach what? Jesus. And it just changed everything. Okay, number 4. Without faith, you ain't going to move God. It ain't going to happen. He's not going to move. You're not going to please him. Why? Because God lives by faith. How can you ask the Lord to do something when he's lived by faith? By faith, he created the earth, right? By wisdom, he made all these things. The Lord lives by faith. Man, I got excited. You mean God's going to teach me how to live like he is? God's going to show me how to speak like he He speaks? Oh, I got excited. I, I'm like a little kid walking around in my daddy's clothes. And I was little, you know, putting his coats on, you know, walking around, pretending like I'm my dad, you know. And uh, I was a little kid, Charlton Heston in that movie, Ten Commandments. Man, I started walking around pretending like I was Charlton Heston's with a little stick in the woods, you know, and just doing all. I mean, when you know that, it, it just changes things. Um, I'd like to share another, <laughs> another funny with you. Okay, let me put this chair up here, right? Because when you know your authority and you know who you are and you know where you're seated, right? You see things differently, right? But um, I started picking up on this, right? I was a, At that time, I was a captain in the Air Force. I'm in Cape Cod, right? And I already had the bear dream. So I, I, take this, I take these stickers and I put them on the bottom of my feet that says Satan on them, right? And they're on the bottom of my boots, okay? And so I start going around like this all day. Ah, devil, you're under my feet, because I'm seated with Jesus. You're under my feet, right? I know who I am in Christ Jesus, right? I'm going to please the Lord. I'm going to start walking in his authority, right? Well, the security guards have an exercise that day, okay? So we all go outside, and they're looking for a volunteer, okay? Uh, Who wants to volunteer? Captain LeMay. Oh, you know, unless the guys love to do that to their, you know, their flight commander. Okay, I'll be the bad guy. Well, I didn't know they were going to put me on the ground and put my feet up in the air. And they were going to tie me up, right? And so they were doing that. And then I got these stickers all over my feet. Devil, Satan, you know, sickness, you know, all this stuff all over. It's on the bottom of my boot, right? Then the the guy kind of looks at me and he goes, "Uh, sir. And I just started laughing. And, you know, they finally got done with the exercise. I said, guys, I'm telling you, man, devil's under my feet, you know. So I was just walking around with all those things on there. I mean, you know, hey, I was releasing my faith, you know. I was reminded the devil who he is and who I am, right? Hebrews 11.6, right? I mean, that's where that scripture comes from. Without faith, it's impossible to plead God. Because you've got to believe God is who he says he is. And that only comes from relationship. You gotta get in the word. And like I said, it's like it's in a two-dimensional form, but man, it just opens up in four dimensions. So as you begin to spend time in the word, as you just begin to open up in the word of God, and you just begin to meditate it, and then you see yourself as Jesus, I would see myself as the disciples, I would see myself as everybody in that situation, and I would just start meditating on it and just start speaking it. And then I'd start praising them with it. Oh man, something happens on the inside of you. It, it just gets so exciting. But I learned this in Romans chapter 8. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8 verse 2, right? And I saw something. I, I was like, one law supersedes another law. Well, think about an airplane flying, right? Hey, gravity's pulling on that thing, right? Trying to bring it down. So think of gravity like the curse. Think of gravity like sin. It's trying to bring that airplane down, Right? But man, as long as that plane and that pilot knows how to operate in the law of flight, it supersedes it. It supersedes it. And I saw it. I get it. There, this thing called life, this thing called Zoe, I can live in this thing. I don't have to live in the fallen state of Adam anymore. I know who I am. 
now. I know who I am. I can operate this. That law for that airplane will work anytime. It doesn't matter if it's day. It doesn't matter if it's night. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's snowing outside or raining. It will work every time. If that airplane begins to operate in that law, it works. Oh, you talk about building your confidence. When I saw that with the word of God, I was like, yes, Jesus. Oh, I get it. If I come to you, I can learn how to operate in this thing called Zoe life. I don't have to operate in darkness anymore. I don't have to live, you know, in the fallen state of Adam, right? Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, the Lord lifted me up. I didn't do it. He did it, right? He lifted me up with Jesus, right? He seated me with Jesus. Now, this is something that when I meditated on and I spent time with the Lord, I got this. Jesus is the head. You and I are the body of this anointing that is seated on the throne. Now, that's a powerful statement. And that's what Paul was saying in Ephesians chapter 2. I had to meditate on it to get that. See, I used to think I was sitting next to Jesus or I was somewhere else. I didn't realize I had been raised with Jesus. That Oh, what that does when you learn that identity and you understand that. It's not a boastful thing. It's not an egotistical thing. All of a sudden, your perception changes. All of a sudden, you realize, oh, man, I'm seated with Jesus. He's the head. He's anointed. Oh, hey, what did Jesus say when he healed that man on the Sabbath day? And they, all, the, the Pharisees all got around him and said, my father's not at rest. Oh, that, that went into me. I was like, what? He says, my father's not at rest, and he's, he, he's always going to be working. He's always working. Jesus became his conduit. He be, God was the head, and Jesus was his body, right? The father's the head. Jesus is his body. Now Jesus is in the father. Now you and I are in Jesus, right? So we're seated with him. Jesus ain't at rest. He is, but he isn't. See, because we're his body. So now Jesus is in heaven, but you and I are in the earth. So now we're his conduit. Oh, man, when I saw that in the word of God, ooh, you talk about a faith blow. But here's what the devil is going to try to do to you. Here's what he's going to try to do. He's going to try to get you to do something. What do you think he's going to try to get you to do? He's going to try to get you to get off that seat. Because he knows the second you get off that seat, he can come in and take its place, right? And now he'll sit in that stronghold over your mind and now you'll be down there and you'll be under his feet so i began to learn you know like a football player running with the ball you know don't drop that ball man you know hold on to that word of god mark chapter four that's what the devil comes he's coming to steal the word he, that's the first thing he tries to do he tries to steal it from you if he can get that out of you he knows you won't have faith and he knows sooner or later you're going to get off that chair and get off that seat and he knows you're not going to be in that position anymore because you're going to allow yourself to be in there and uh, my wife really liked this one set of scriptures in Ecclesiastes where it says, I've seen princesses being slaves, and I've seen slaves riding on horses. And boy, that really got our attention. We, we began to realize, even though there's people out there that know the Lord, they're not developed knowing who they are. So the devil is the one that's riding, and they're actually doing what he says. To do. Oh, man, it just changed my life, so... Um, there's another, I got another dream if you want. You want to hear this one, okay? <laughs> the words that come out of your mouth, right? That's the, one of the first things that happened when I started learning about faith. Your, your, your words got to line up with the word of God. 
And so for like three days, I walked around with a notepad, and I just wrote down everything I said. Now, try doing that at work, okay, and explaining to everybody, you know, in the squadron what you're doing. But so I started to do that, and uh, I began to realize, oh, my goodness, I'm talking like the world. I'm not talking like Jesus. No wonder why my faith ain't working. No wonder why those doors were open, right? But I, I had this, okay, here comes a dream, right? Holy Spirit teaching me, right? I see myself standing, okay, and there's all these little monkeys around me, okay? And these monkeys are all standing still. And there's one little monkey that's really close to me, okay? And I start talking. Now, I can see myself talking, but I feel and I know I'm talking. And so I'm saying things of the Word of God. But then all of a sudden, things start coming out of my mouth that don't line up with the Word of God. They're not in love, you know, and they're not in the Word of God. And I knew it when I was saying it was wrong. Well, that little monkey that was standing right there, he looked and heard it. So he starts going, hoo, hoo, He starts jumping up and down and raising his hands, right? And uh, the more I said it, the louder he got. And then all of a sudden, all these other little monkeys wake up. And they start going, hoo, 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 And they start jumping around. I woke up from that dream. I said, Lord, what in the world is that? And he said, you know, your words, your words, they're listening. The devil's listening, Right? They're waiting for you to say something that's contrary because they don't know what's going on on the inside of you. All they could do is try to get you in fear and try to get you off the word, right? But they don't know what you're saying. They don't even know what you're thinking. They don't know until you act, right, until you do something. And so that little monkey started giving the alarm, and then all the other little monkeys, and then they all started jumping on my back. So you got to get the monkeys off your back, right? you got you got to make sure of that. So I was like, wow, Lord, thank you for that. And then, so faith works by love, right? John fifteen ten. Oh, thank you, Deborah, for saying that. Because it's like, you know, Jesus, John 15, 10, that's what Jesus says. If you obey my commandments, which is love, right? And you learn how to identify with me. You know who you are in me. And you start walking in love. Your faith starts to develop, right? You start growing in the spirit. And he says, you'll start walking in love. And he says, and you'll abide in my love, just like I did what the Father said and abided in his love, right? And so what does Jesus say as he goes on? And he's talking in that chapter earlier. He says, you know, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, I'll abide in you, and my words will abide in you. And he says, man, now you're connected to the source. Because I'm connected to the Father, and he's the source. And now when you start speaking, you know that when you speak, you know it's going to have an impact. You know it. Because you're connected to the source, and it's all working by love. And so that was my number five. Faith works by love, right? That's God's character. It's the fruit of the Spirit, right? That, can you, God gave us his character. Oh, I got excited. He gave us his character. Oh, to me. Mm. And so I started writing down all these love and faith scriptures. And, you know, you got Philemon, uh, chapter 1, verse 5. You've got 1 Timothy 1, 14. You've got Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 17. And then Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 2. Galatians 5, verse 6. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. It all talks about faith working by love. And, uh, yes. Love, compassion, love. Love won't judge, right? It's not touchy, it's not fretful, right? So now all of a sudden you're seeing from a different perspective, right? You're seeing through the eyes of Jesus, right? Now you got a word in season, right? Now all of a sudden, yes, yes. The, the Lord just shows up. I mean, as you begin to speak, the power of the Lord just begins to flow. And then you start hearing from the Holy Ghost. And then he'll say, say this. Okay, I'll say, I'm in prison one time. This guy looks at me, gives me a dirty look, and walks away. 
But I'm just in love, just sitting there smiling at him. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, tell him I'll show him how to handle that anger problem. So I said, you know, if you, if you come listen, the Lord will tell you how to deal with that anger problem. Man, he stopped right in his tracks and came right up to me and said, how'd you know I had an anger problem? I said, I didn't know. The Holy Spirit just told me. I said, he loves you. The Lord loves you. And we went over the whole thing about anger. And then he receives, you know, he, he get, comes back to Jesus. I, it, it excites you, you know. These things happen all the time with the Lord. This is what faith does, walking by faith. Okay, and then number six, faith without works is dead. You gotta act on it. You gotta step up to the bully. And that's what they were praying about, intimidation. You're gonna have to step up to the bully. I mean, you're just gonna have to do it. You're just gonna have to walk up to him. But the Lord's with you. You stay in love, but step up to the bully. It's the devil, the guilty one, right? And that's why I like that scripture in Proverbs chapter three when it says, I don't have to be afraid when fear comes. Because intimidation is gonna come. And, uh, so don't be afraid when it comes. You recognize it when it comes. All right, Lord, I'm, I'm really getting intimidated. And so you start praying in the Holy Ghost. You just start relaxing, right? Because the Lord said, I will not allow you to be taken. Oh, man, I will not allow you to be taken. That's powerful when you start to understand that. When a fearful situation comes up. I mean, Jesus said, there's few that find life, right? I started zooming in on that and zeroing in on that. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that doesn't really yet understand this. And I'm not judging anybody because I wasn't there. I'm still learning things, right? The Lord is still teaching me things. But I caught, I picked up on something right there. I'm just going to go to it right now because I just sense the Holy Spirit wanting to talk about that. It's in Proverbs chapter 3. And one of the chapters I like to just meditate over is Proverbs, the whole chapter. But if you look at verse 25, Proverbs 3.25, It says, you do not have to be afraid of sudden fear, neither of desolation. Now that word, when you start doing a word study on it, you begin to pray and the Holy Ghost, you meditate on it. That's talking about uncontrollable situations that you have no control over. I mean, you've got nothing. I mean, you are in a fix. And it's there and it's confronting you and it's right in your face. You know, it's like a ravaged storm. And it says of the wicked, well, that's the guilty one when it comes. And in verse 26... The Lord, there's that covenant name. There's that covenant name. Okay, shall be your confidence. I got this one. Okay, Lord, then you tell me what to do. Because I am clueless right now what to do in this situation. The Lord doesn't matter. It doesn't mind if you don't know what to do in this situation. That's why he's there. He wants you to ask him. Man, it builds your faith up. He says, he'll keep your foot from being taken. That word means captured. Oh, man. Oh, you got me now, Lord. You got me now. You got me now. Because he, he's talking about over here not leaning on my own understanding and in all my ways acknowledging him. Ooh. Oh, this gets you excited. This makes you want to build yourself up in faith. This makes you want to read the word of God. This just, you just get excited with this. And so I found, you know, faith without works is dead, right? You use your faith on purpose, right? You can use your faith on purpose. I never knew that until I started learning from men of God, like Brother Copeland and like, you know, Dr. Savell. I didn't know I could use my faith on purpose. I thought, I, I was a simple kid. There's three kids in Proverbs, right? The simple kid, the wise kid, and the, the foolish kid. Oh, I was a simple kid. I just thought, hey, if it, go, if it goes, it's God's will. I didn't realize I could use the Word of God. I didn't realize I could I could stand on that and build my faith up in that. It changed my life. But there, But there is a simulator, right? When I was in the military, we did a lot of stuff in the simulator. 
And uh, people don't know this, but I was uh, two years in the Army, okay? So I was a grunt with a stinger, the FIN-92 Alpha, right? 60-pound weapon, 35 inches, no, 35 pounds, 60 inches long. And uh, I got it down to a T where I could get that thing put together, have everything turned on, have the battery going, have the antenna, the identification friend and foe going, right, to identify an aircraft electronically. And I got to have that thing ready to go set up out from the back of the Jeep in 10 seconds and be there ready to shoot, right? Because that's how they trained us. But until I got to live fire, it was a different story. So I got to actually live fire that when I was in Korea. And uh, they got a big old rocket drone, shot that thing off, fired that thing off, big old rocket flying, sizzling through the air. So I, I put that thing up, and I got tone. I got fire that thing, and boom, down it goes, right? You have to engage the Word of God. You're going to have to take what you've learned, and you're going to have to engage it. And the only way you can do that is to build confidence in the Word and to know that the Lord's with you. All right, that's like riding a bike, right, Faith? I mean, when I first wanted to ride a bike, I, what do you think happened? I fell down, right? But I didn't give up because I wanted to ride that bike, right? Because I knew I could ride that thing. I didn't give up and throw it away. You know, I was like, oh, riding bikes ain't for me. So amen. So, so get out of the simulator. Um, I'll just use one more example, D-Day. I like using D-Day because uh, you got a big invasion force coming in, right? I mean, you got all that material, all that weaponry. I mean, everything's ready to go. They're going to flood that continent. They're going to push the Nazis back, right? But the Nazis know if they can keep them on the beach and keep them pinned, that first step, if they can keep them from doing that first step, they know that they got them, right? So you got to take your step of faith. You're going to have to take it. And the Lord will show you how to take it, you know? Each person's different, right? So you, you just take that step of faith, right? And the Lord will say, oh, man, that's when the flood starts coming. That's when the Holy Spirit starts moving behind you. That's when all of a sudden you start getting momentum because that vision is there, right, in Habakkuk. So you know it's going to come. You know it's going to happen. So the closer you get to that vision, the, the bigger your strides are going to get, right? But you need to do that. You need to take that step so that all that stuff from heaven, like what they were praying about, all that stuff that the Lord has you from heaven so it can move on the earth. And so what I'd like to do, the last thing I'd like to do is the Lord wanted me to go over Psalms 91, okay? And uh, I get excited because, oh boy, I open this up. I'd like to share with you what I do with Psalms 91. I'd really like to share with you what I do. I spend an hour on this, sometimes two hours on this, and I just praise the Lord with it. And I picture myself in the courtroom with David, standing before the Lord, and he's standing with the Lord. And the Lord is there and he's got his hands on him. And David has got his hands on the Lord, you know. And the Lord is actually exchanging a covenant with him on that throne. Because David represented Jesus, right? His throne represents Jesus' throne, right? So, Psalms 91, verse 1. This is going to be all oh, your faith. Oh, man. He that dwelleth in that secret place of the Most High, he's the one that gets to abide under that shadow. Of the Almighty, okay? That's the Almighty. The, 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 the name of the Lord that was introduced to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then he uses the name of the Lord, which is the covenant name. The one that he gave Moses. He said, I didn't give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But what's the secret place? Well, it was the inner court, right? Only the high priest could go back there. Like what? Maybe like once a year, right? That's, that's the mercy seat. He that dwells on the mercy seat gets to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Man, he's talking about Jesus, who is the head, by the way. We're the body, and we're seated with him. You get to abide in that shadow. 
underneath the glory of the Father, seated on that throne. Jesus is seated on that. And he's decided to use you and me as his instruments in the earth. Isn't that something? He decided to do that. I didn't ask him to do it. He just did it. No, I'm going to use you to be my instruments. You're going to do it. And what a joy and a privilege it is for you and I to be able to take the word of God. We never even walked with Jesus, right? I never walked with him. I never saw him, you know. I asked him one time, he said, that's why I gave you the Holy Spirit. You know, that's why I'm in you, you know, so that you can learn. Blessed are those who learn from the Holy Spirit, you know. I mean, he was telling that, you know, when uh, Doubting Thomas was saying that. Blessed are those who hear and understand without even having to see me. And so you're seated with Jesus. Now look at this, verse 2. Now I want you to imagine David. He is before the Lord. I want you to imagine he's in a covenant exchange right now with, with the Father, with Jesus. In a covenant exchange, okay? He is, I mean, his heart is poured out, and he's making a vow. I vow. That's what it's saying. I'm vowing to the Lord. Lord, I have just entered covenant with you. You are now my refuge. You are now my fortress. You're going to be the one who I trust now. That's powerful. Oh, that's powerful because, you know, you develop experience in life, right? You get experience. That's where your faith goes, by the experiences and the things that you experience and you encounter. And he just said, no, no, now you're my trust. Now you're my shield. You're my buckler now. Man, things are happening. He's seeing himself seated, right, with the Lord. Surely, surely he shall deliver me from any trap, right, of the fowler. <laughs> and from any noisome pestilence. Ooh, there's COVID-19. I mean, there's, there's diseases out there, right? I mean, and that word noisome, think of it as a tumult. Think of it as a storm, raging, ravaging, right? It's, no, it's, a, it's an, actually a noun in Hebrew. It's raving. It's ravaging. It, it is just a tumult, right? You have no control over it. it. It is out of control. And that's what he's saying. You don't have to be afraid of that anymore. He'll cover you, with, in verse 4, with his feathers and under his wings you shall trust now. Because his truth and that trust and that relationship is going to be your shield and buckler. Well, what are those wings he's talking about? Well, what was behind the mercy seat? What was on the mercy seat? Angels' wings, right? Those wings were covering that mercy seat. You are under that covering with Jesus, right? That is my truth. That is my identity now. That's who I am in Christ Jesus. It changes your whole perspective on it. Boy, your faith level just goes to a high, right? When you see that. You don't have to be afraid in verse 5 anymore for terror. You don't have to be afraid of it by night. You don't have to be afraid of the arrow that flies by day. He gets into it here in verse 6. You don't have to be afraid of pestilence. Boy, there's diseases again. You don't have to be afraid of pestilence that walks in darkness, right? Nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. Listen to this in verse 7. These are things that people sometimes don't have control over. A thousand people can fall dead at one side and 10,000 at your right hand. I mean, this is something that's out of control. We're talking at something at a, at a global level right now that's going on. Sound familiar? But it will not come near you. Only with your eyes, in verse 8, shall you behold and see, you know, the reward of the wicked. Okay? So, you're seated with Jesus. And here comes that pestilence, or here comes that problem, and it's trying to overtake you. You're seated with Jesus. Ooh, talk to the hand, devil. Now, I mean, it's, uh, yes, talk to the hand. 
I mean, seriously, he's going to try to come into your presence. He's, the, basically, he's going to see if you're for real or not. He's going to see it, right? A symptom might try to come, right? But that's a weapon trying to be forged, right? But you got authority. You don't have to get off the throne. You don't have to lose that ball, right? You know, I always like using sports analogies. I'll, I'll try not to get into that. But you don't have to lose that ball, right? You can hold on to that thing. And you can say, uh, devil, beneath my feet, right? And, and you work on it. And it's something that you work on with your faith by spending time in the Word and just praising the Lord, right? Okay, verse 9. Why is this working in this man's life? Because he made a vow, a covenant vow with the Lord. He came in to agreement with the Lord. I mean, he has now, I mean, he is so focused. He is now, my, your life, my life is now yours, Lord. That's what Paul said. It's not me that lives, it's Christ that lives in me now. I'm dead. I'm dead to the world. It's Christ in me now. How could Paul do those things he did? Because he had that covenant relationship. He had that love with the Lord. He'd been beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, all those things that happened to him, right? Oh, man. There was a love that he had. Mm. That's why. Because you're my refuge. You're my most high. You're my habitation, Lord, in verse 9. Verse 10. There shall no evil. That's calamity. Befall you. Now listen to the influence that you'll have. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Woo, my kids are blessed. My grandkids are blessed. My future kids are blessed. Woo, I got control. Hey, they're blessed. That's my dwelling. My bank account, my body, right? My children, my house, everything I got is blessed in the name of Jesus. Did you hear that, devil? Did you hear that? Look at what the Lord just said. No calamity. No calamity. No calamity. Look at verse 11. He's going to give his angels charge over me to keep me in all thy ways. You know what that means, devil? If he's got to change nature, he's going to change it. I mean, that's where miracles start happening. I mean, that's where things, people just stand there with their mouth open. How did that happen? It's Jesus, man. No, really, what did you do? I'm telling you, it's Jesus. I'm in that covenant with him. It's the Christ that's in me that's doing the work. Oh, you get those angels around you? Oh, man. Oh, hmm. Verse 12, they shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. All those miracles. And then here comes the authority, right? A police officer has authority, right? That's why they give him a badge, right? And if he does his job properly, the city will back him, right? The courts will back him, right? But the mayor's not going to go out and write tickets. The city council, they're the ones that legislate the laws in the cities. They're not going to go out and enforce it, right? Why don't they? Because they give someone else the authority. Well, he's given you and I the authority to take his name, we're seated with him, so we have his authority to take his name, right? And we can tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and dragon. We can trample. Oh, there's that name, devil, under my feet again. We can put him under our feet, man. See, now you know why I put these on here sometimes and just start reminding myself. That's how I build my faith. I, You know, verse 14, Lord, why are you doing this? I know I've come into a covenant with you, but why are you doing this for me? Because now he's think think of Jesus. Think we're seated with him. The Father and Jesus, and we're seated with him. Because he has set his love. Oh, this works by love. Oh, man. I follow Jesus because I love him. I do these things because I love him. You know? And he has set his love upon me. It's like a crown being placed on you, right? His love upon me, that love. Therefore will I deliver him. 
that's why he's doing it, because he loves us. That's why this happens. Now I want to share this love with everybody. Hey, do you know you can have this? When I first told one guy in the prison who had this disease, he had this problem. He said I had to get a shot every night for this certain thing because he had this disease. And uh, I told him about how he could be healed of this. Man, he got afraid. He got afraid because he did not want to stop taking those shots. I said, Don't, that's okay. It's okay. I said, we're going to build faith here. Okay? You just come in agreement with me that one day you'll be to the point to where you don't have to take this anymore. And he said, man, he said, I could believe that. And so he started building up his face over three or four months. I'm going in there and I'm seeing him. You know what happened? The light bulb came on about three or four months later, and he didn't have to take the shots anymore. And the nurse couldn't understand how he was healed of this disease. And he looked at her, put the biggest smile on his face, and he said, it's Jesus that did this, you know. And he witnessed to that girl, he witnessed to that nurse, and, and he was off of it. Never went back on it again. I was so excited to see him catch that. He was telling everybody about that. He telling everybody how, how Jesus did that to him. Said, I'll set you on high. Why? Because you know my name. Oh, oh, that name of Jesus, Deborah. That name of Jesus, right? And then what happened when Peter and John and that guy got healed at the gate, beautiful, right? It's the name of Jesus and faith in that name that made this hand whole. Why are you looking at me? It's, it's Jesus that did this, right? It's that covenant, right? So I'll deliver him. I'll honor him. I'll be with him in trouble. I, I really like verse 15 because it says, when you call upon me, it's like a summons. When you summon me, I'll be there. And that word answer in the Hebrew is I'm obligated to respond. Jesus is literally saying, the Father's literally saying, I have to do this. I've come into covenant with you. I gave my word. I just went into covenant with you. I will respond. But see, the devil is going to try to get you not to believe that. He's going to try to get you to get off of that throne, to get you thinking you're not on that throne with him. And um, when that happens, that's when the faith starts wavering. So it's not automatic, is it? So faith is something that you have to develop. You have to feed. You have to feed your faith, right? It's like an engine. You've got to feed it, right? And um, so he says, I'm going to be obligated to respond to you. I'll deliver you, right? Now, that word deliver, I want you to, it's, it's a word for heavy, right? I like that word. And, and it's arm, you know, think of a weapon. I'm going to deliver you. I, I, hey, the devil's building a weapon. The Lord's going to give me something to say. He's going to do something. Somehow, some way, he's going to get me out of this, right? And he's going to tell me what to do or say, right? So I'm going to deliver you. And that, oh, there, it's the word honor. And I'll honor you. It, it, it's like a weight. It, it's, they describe it as some kind of heavy weight that's going to come over you. It's just going to be the peace of the love of the Lord. It's just going to come over you in that situation, right? And you're going to feel it. You're going to sense it. You're going to know it. You're going to know that you know. And it comes from that love relationship, right? And he says, with long life, in verse 16, I'll satisfy you and I'll show you my salvation. Oh, this goes on. This is your whole life. Your whole life with this. So... I want you to get that and see that, that you've come into covenant with the Lord. You've come into covenant with him. You're seated with Jesus, right? You're seated with him, okay? And you can get your faith to the place. You know, you can develop and grow your faith to a place to where you'll start walking out there in society, and the Lord will start using you, right? You'll start walking in this. And, and the answers will come. This is what the world's looking for right now. This is what the Lord wants us to do, right?
He wants us to be his vessel. He wants us to, to have faith in him and know that if we stay in that relationship, man, we can partake of the benefits and the joy. So hallelujah. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for the word that was spoken tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the promises that you've given us through Christ Jesus. Because Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, we've been raised with Jesus. And if we've been raised with Jesus, we need to think about that. We need to understand we've been raised with him. We need to operate our life like that. We need to put away the old, right? We need to put on that armor of light. The darkness is far spent. The night is gone. You know, day has come. Light has come in the name of Jesus. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak over our church body right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we are protected from coronavirus. We are protected. Why? Because you love us. It's available to anyone that wants it. Anybody that wants this can come into covenant. Anyone who wants this can have this. Anybody in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it, Father, because it not only extends over me and my church body here, but my family, our families, everything. So we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everybody.